Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. Um, we got uh, we got a, a non-game episode this, uh, this week for you, folks. Uh, we're going to be running down, uh, in the spirit of the news, I guess, from, from Albert Pujols getting released here, uh, we're going to be running down the final years of some of baseball's greats. Uh, to see um, how they ended, if they ended uh, strong or with a whimper or just kind of average, I guess. So we'll be running that down in a little bit. Um, we got some topics to go over here first, uh, first of which is our 2019 uh, Major League debut. Jack, who do you got? Yeah, I have Jake Rogers, Jeremy. Uh, uh, catcher Jake Rogers. For yeah, I, uh, for, for the Detroit Tigers, yeah, okay. I feel like when he uh, when I heard about him coming up, um, I don't know why, like people were excited about it. Maybe they were like, I know, I know I heard about it when he got called up. Okay. Uh, he was a third round draft pick from the Houston Astros, but, uh, ended up with the Tigers organization, got called up in 2019 and did terribly. He, uh, he bat- had 112 official at bats. He hit 125, uh, with four home runs. So, um, it was real bad. He struck out 51 times in those 112 official at bats so it was not a great debut for jake rogers he is currently two for ten uh this season i'm not sure if he's on the roster right now it does list that he's uh in the majors on baseball reference so Mm -hmm. i don't know how up how up to date that is um the, the reason i wanted to bring jake rogers up though is because i was reading an article about spencer torkelson okay the number one draft pick from last year by the tigers um and he was in spring training this year uh, I don't know if you read this story, Jeremy, but uh, I guess he was living with Jake Rogers <laughs> in a house, and uh, like he tr- he he was trying to like make some food, um, and he he needed to open like a can of corn, but he didn't have a can opener, mm-hmm. so he tried to. This is Spencer Torkelson tried to. He opened the can with his hand, and like he cut his hand, and what? so he said like Jake Rogers went into like he said he called it dad mode. And like he was like he called the trainers and like everybody else and like they got it they got it taken care of. But like essentially Spencer Torkelson opened this can with his hand and like cut his hand pretty badly. And then he he came into the room where Jake Rogers was playing video games and he's like, uh oh, like what do I do? I think this is oh, bad. Jesus. And then Jake Rogers was like, you know, Jesus Christ, like what the fuck did you do? Yeah. Um and then so then they said the next day Spencer Torkelson had to get in front of the whole team and explain what he had done. Basically, and for the next couple of days, he wasn't able to take batting practice or anything. <laughs> um, and then Spencer Torkelson had a terrible spring. He was like one for 27 or something like that before they sent him down. So, but like, you know, I guess Jake Rogers is just kind of a footnote in this story as like the guy who <laughs> called the trainer. Yeah. But like, what was Spencer Torkelson thinking? I mean, I know he's only a 21-year-old <sighs> kid just out of college, but like, like how, you're, you, they, the Tigers paid you eight million dollars. How, how do you, how do you cut yourself opening a can? I mean, this guy could have like, this guy could have torn ligaments in his finger and been out for the entire season. Yeah, I, I mean, this is deeply disturbing shit. Um, it's like, it's, it's, it makes you, it just makes you fucking scratch your head because like this guy has like all the baseball talent in the world, but he can't fucking cook 
a can of vegetables for himself. Like that's <laughs> it's 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 troubling to say the least. Um, you know, say what you want. Like these guys are coddled. Like these kids are coddled. Like they don't know how to, you know, take care of themselves. I, you know, it makes me kind of think about back to episode 100 with uh, Mark Gentile talking about like <laughs> just them all living in a, in a house together. And you know, I guess I guess you're lucky when you um have a host family. And it turns out the one that he was living with the those guys got really lucky, I guess. But um, but you know, uh, it's 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 star <laughs> it's startling. Uh, it's startling. Uh, I I think about I think back to um. When I first moved out with with my friends, um, we were we were kind of in our mid twenties at this point, like you know, a couple of years older than Spencer Torkelson. But like some of my roommates who who will remain nameless uh, had the craziest uh, habits of like like there would be dishes in the sink with like with like chips and like bread still on it, and like mm. a, like a like a cup with a tea bag in it and stuff. Like it's like you're supposed to throw that shit in the in the garbage before you put it in the sink, man. Um, and, uh, it was, so then like, you know, you would like rinse off a dish and there'd be a bunch of chips that got like all wet and soggy and, and shit. It was fucked up. Um, so yeah, you know, good to know that Spencer Torkelson is also doesn't know what the fuck he's doing <laughs> as, a, as an adult. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he's, he can hit the baseball. So, uh, I don't know. I yeah. guess he'll learn the other stuff. Uh, he'll learn adulting one one along the way. And if he doesn't, he can just hire somebody with the signing bonus that he got. Sure. Um, Jake yeah, Rogers. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, good, good, uh, good point though, Jeremy. Nothing grosser than uh, a couple guys living in their first house together. It's not um, good. It's not no. good. No, you should no, have to never. pass a class before you 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 do that. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, so that that yeah, that's good. I was gonna say yeah, Jack, uh, Jake Rogers, not uh, not so not so good numbers, uh, not so good headshot either. Um, no, no, he he looks like uh, I don't know, like a, a Bernie Brewer. Or something like yeah, there, there you go. He, yeah, folks, look up uh, look up his headshot on Baseball Reference with the mustache that he has. Yeah, uh, Bernie Bernie Brewer there. Yeah, he's um, like the human, uh, you know, amalgamation, like the human like uh, formation of Bernie the Brewer. Uh, that's not good. Um, actually, that honestly, Bernie the Brewer looks cooler than Jake Rogers, but um, but uh, but yeah, uh, not not great. Uh, Jack, my uh, 2019 debut um, is. Alex Jackson, another catcher. Oh, I'm, I don't think I'm familiar with him, Jeremy. Yeah, so Alex Jackson, I man, I really this is I, I kind of, I, you know, I was gonna force myself to pick a guy who hasn't appeared in the majors this year. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just wanted to go with Alex Jackson just because I had some insight to say on on him. He's a backup catcher for the uh, Braves right now. Um, yeah. He's appeared in parts of three seasons with the Braves. He was drafted as a Mariner though, and he was the sixth overall draft pick in 2014 yeah wow holy shit he's uh that that's that's really high i bet he got a nice signing bonus yeah yeah um and uh so yeah 4.2 million Jeremy. there you go that's pretty good um yeah so um yeah he's like a kind of like a power hitting catcher um i saw him in 2016 uh with the clinton lumber kings uh when they f- came to play the uh, king county cougars and um yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, I, it's weird because I, I feel like at that point I already felt that he was like kind of washed up or something, or kind of like forgotten or like a bust kind of a little bit. But like, I mean, his numbers before 2016 weren't that great. But um, he obviously he also didn't have extensive, uh, you know, pro uh, time. Uh, but he did. I, I want to say he hit like a homer and a triple in the game that I that that I was at. I tried to pull up the damn box score and. <laughs> 
my uh my box scores are still packed up um it's uh you know still in the process of unpacking those um so i couldn't couldn't grab the box score i was trying to find the box score from the game but i know he had a good game and so he was he's been on my radar since then um and uh yeah he got he the 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 mariners organization got rid of him actually after 2016 uh it had to have been a trade. Um, it, it was, Jeremy. I'm looking here. So they traded him to the uh, uh, the Mariners, traded him to the Braves for Max Povsey and Rob Whalen. Ugh. Okay. Well. Yeah, that's just a. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand that trade at all, Jeremy. They must have just been trying to dump Alex Jackson. Yeah, I think they. I think the. I think the Mariners organization was just wasn't happy with his plate discipline and um, low. He, he, I don't know, low average. Um, I mean, he didn't have that much like pro experience like really to like to make any hard decisions like so i don't really know what the deal was maybe there's something else like maybe he's a uh you know a attitude guy or something but um but yeah i just remember he did he did well uh in that game and i was like maybe this is like the start of the turnaround for him and um uh they turned his ass around to to atlanta i guess um and so he did eventually break through with with atlanta um and uh yeah like i said played played parts of three seasons uh last three seasons with uh the braves and um yeah not doing so great this year um but uh i don't yeah, know he's, his for his career he's three for 43 um that's yeah, not you good. know we uh there's the we, we bring up sort of the uh knowledge of, of mark gentile and the the wisdom that he, uh, you know, laid upon us uh, in that interview. And, you know, one of the things he mentioned was that the yeah. high draft picks, the guys that got big signing bonuses, are the ones who get chance after chance and, you know, more chances than they should. I, I feel like this guy probably wouldn't be in the majors if he hadn't been the, uh, you know, the sixth overall pick, even though uh, I don't think the, the Braves paid any of that signing bonus money. Um, I, I think him being such a high draft pick does have something to do with why he's in the majors. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe he'll turn it around. But three for forty three is a, a bad start. Yeah, for sure. And he's twenty five years old. I mean, like you know, that's you know, he there's still possibility that he might figure something out there. Um, he was drafted out of high school, so um, but obviously, you know, there's plenty of guys who who have done great things by that age. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, you would think maybe. Um, he could get some more PT there, but, uh, but yeah, hasn't, hasn't really figured it out yet. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to throw that one out there. Um, you know, 2019, he had like 28 homers with the Gwinnett Braves. Um, so the guy's got potential just hasn't been able to, to show it yet. So to we'll translate, see. well, interesting, Jeremy. Yeah. Always, always fun to hear about those high draft picks who sort of fly under the, under the radar. Um, okay. So go, we'll go to a few uh, news and notes things here before we get to our main, topic of last seasons of hall of famers um the first thing we want to talk about uh yeah folks it's been in the news uh david ross has a new girlfriend um him and actress tori devito uh who was an actress on uh, chicago med i say was jeremy so tori devito she, she'd been on chicago med um but uh according to a chicago tribune article today uh, or from yesterday, it says that she is leaving Chicago Med. Now I don't know the whole story for that. I get one free Tribune article a month, and I don't want to. I don't want to blow it on that one. So apparently, yeah, apparently she's leaving it. But uh, you know, if, yeah, folks, if you Google David Ross, Tori Devito, or just David Ross, a picture will come up of uh, an Instagram post that she made where she's like, you know, kissing him and in the on the cheek, 
and in the background it looks like they're in like river north or some swanky area mm -hmm. um it's just a completely unlikable picture and then actually if you if you dig a little deeper on her instagram you can see like four photos ago she you know had some pictures from when she was in cincinnati and she attended the cubs game and she was sitting behind the cubs dugout and she uh you know she took a picture of like david ross like looking onto the field and she drew like a heart around uh, around him. So she was with the team in, in Cincinnati when I, I think Jeremy, I think they got their asses kicked when they were in Cincinnati. Yeah. If I'm not, yeah, I mean it was definitely at the you know at part of like the the kind of like skid that they were on there um, before uh, the Dodgers series. Um, and uh, yeah, they lost like a, that kind of marathon like high scoring game that Sunday, the last day in Cincinnati. Um, yeah, no, I mean like okay, so yeah, like first of all like from a um uh like a human uh <laughs> relationship status it's like i i i don't know i don't know much about this this lady uh um but it kind of seems like she's um she's swinging down a little bit with with david ross <laughs> i don't know i mean like is david ross a good looking man like you know i i i, I can i can acknowledge like chris bryant is like a a good looking guy you know, sure. but maybe bad, maybe not the best haircut, um, you right. know, uh, but uh, but is David Ross like a good looking guy? Like he he looks to me like a kind of like a guy who'd play like a crazy southern grandpa, like in like, you know, on some like bad TV sitcom, like on Fox or something like is he a good looking? I don't think he's a good looking guy. I mean, I don't I don't know. And I mean, is he personable? Maybe for like baseball players, he's personable, but like does he have the ability to translate to like the acting world? Like I'm, I'm just kind of flabbergasted a little bit by the whole thing. Uh, I don't know if you got something to say about that check before we move on to the baseball ramifications, but well, uh, yeah, Jeremy. Um, no, I, David Ross certainly isn't somebody you would, you would expect to be dating like a, a, a good looking actress. Yeah. Um, I will, you know, I will say this is like two of the tropes, um, that major league two, called out number one <laughs> is the old catcher becomes the manager uh right. and number two like charlie sheen is dating that model and mm -hmm. it's like fucking up his his baseball career yeah and uh and yeah this is like two of those things so made a major league once again turns out to be clairvoyant in actually predicting things that <laughs> that happen in real baseball yeah for sure and well so and then in, in terms of baseball it's like yeah it's like uh okay i guess everyone is entitled to uh to happiness and the romance or whatever, but like, you know, with these questionable moves that David Ross has been making, like the questionable personnel decisions, I don't know how much David Ross's calls have been, uh, like, you know, for some of these guys. I mean, I know that he keeps going to some of these fucking guys, like, like Rex brothers, uh, by the way, Jack, um, you know, I've been trying to come up with like a Rex brothers nickname. Um, you know, O brothers is a pretty good one. I think, uh -huh. uh, I don't know if we mentioned that one on the podcast, but I have another Ooh. one. Oh, uh, well, I have another one. Um, he is heavy and he ain't my brothers. <laughs> it's a little, uh, Holly's song reference there for you. Yeah, sure. I, I got, yeah. Oh, oh, brothers, where art, where art thou? Yeah, for sure. Or, or oh, brothers, where, why art thou? I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why art, why art thou? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so like he's making these questionable decisions and it's like, you don't want to see him like you don't want to see that he might be a little distracted by his like, you know, attractive act actress girlfriend 
um, when he should be focusing on, you know, baseball and, and the team that I root for playing better. Yeah. Hey, hey yeah, Jeremy, I mean, uh, work-life balance is, is never a bad thing, right? People yeah. should be entitled to, you know, to have, have some type of a life outside of their job. But when you're the manager of the Chicago Cubs, like, you know, if you're the manager of a major league baseball team and you really only have to work six months out of the year, um, you know, maybe a little bit more with spring training and, and the playoffs if your team makes it. But maybe you shouldn't have that much of a work life balance. You know, maybe your <laughs> yeah. maybe your sole focus during the season should, for the most part, just be on the team. I mean, hey, if you have kids, like definitely pay attention to your kids, but maybe don't like, you know, divorce your wife and you know your three kids and then go date an actress or because like i guess hey i guess david ross like mentions his wife a ton in whatever autobiography he he had so i I don't know what i don't know hey i don't know what happened there you know none of my business but uh i think it oh it came as a surprise to a lot of people that he was uh you know that he was divorced to begin with so yeah yeah, david david ross you know putting himself back out there i guess yeah, no, I, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. And like, I mean, maybe that's a good sign that, that, that that's not become a thing like, uh, like some, uh, utility second base slash left fielders on the, <laughs> on, on the 2016 team, uh, have was, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, man, I don't, you know, I don't want to hear about this stuff. I just want you to win games and to not keep going to these bums in the bullpen. Uh, so, so yeah, not, not a great, uh, feeling there like the opt the optics as we say aren't great no um and yeah jeremy you sh- shared with me that uh, article on rex brothers and david ross from last season about how when ross cut him uh you know rex brothers was like well man you should have like you know should have pushed me a little harder like right. i didn't know i didn't know you wanted me to like right. you know to to work that hard and like first of all what like, you know, <laughs> da- like Dave- David Ross's uh, motivational speech to Rex Brothers was probably like, hey, come on, man, you got this. I know you're good. Like, it- it's that whole athlete thing where, like, man, he gave me such a motivational speech, but it was really probably something stupid. <laughs> right, um, right. But, uh, but yeah, like, and also Rex Brothers, come on, man, what, what do you need motivation for, dude? You're, you're playing at the highest level. Uh, there's millions of dollars at stake. Thousands of people, millions of people follow the team. What do you What do you need more motivation for than being in the major leagues? Yeah, no, for real. I mean, it's like you are lucky to be in baseball still, and that that's not enough motivation for you. You need some. You need a coach to tell you like to try harder or to like to demand more out of you. It's like that's fucking bullshit. It's like so it's his. So it's so it's David Ross's fault that Rex Brothers wasn't doing well because he didn't tell him to do better. Like fuck. <laughs> What the fuck? What what is this stupid logic? And then David Ross is the one who's who's using it as motivation for himself. So then it's like, Dave, okay, Ross, what what do you? This that's that checks out to you. That's what adds up to you. Like, so I don't I don't know what's going on here, man. Like, you know, the bullpen is the goddamn bane of my existence. It's like I'm glad Justin <laughs> Steele's up. I'm glad that Keegan Thompson is there. Um, you know, and Brad Wick. They finally friggin' brought. Brad Wick up and put him in a game. It's like, yes, okay, do that. Again, keep. I'll let you keep one of the guys. I'm glad you got rid of Brandon Workman, but brother Rex Brothers, Dan Winkler, please stay on the DL. Rowan Wick, where the hell are you? Where, where the hell's Rowan Wick? Like, we need Rowan Wick back. And like, I know that I was a Rowan Wick uh, fan last year, but like, I feel like everyone, like, I mean, people have forgotten that the guy exists, honestly. But like, they could use Rowan Wick. 
and uh, and to get rid of some of these other guys. Keep fucking Dan Winkler on the DL. Like let for don't tell him where the team is next, and <laughs> you know maybe he won't ever find them to catch back up with them. I don't know, but anyway, it's it's frustrating on many levels. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens with all that. I guess. Yeah. Um. Uh. Last week, uh, we we touched on so. Going to another left-handed pitcher, um, yeah. we, we touched on the John Means no-hitter. There was uh, another no-hitter pitched uh, uh, a few days ago. Um, it was pitched by Wade Miley of the Cincinnati Cincinnati Reds. He's on the Reds now, right? I mean, I didn't even yeah. really – yeah. First of all, I had no idea Wade Miley was on the Reds. Um, but, yeah, he pitched a no-hitter. Um, and, Jeremy, you mentioned uh, you were getting notifications on your phone um, about the uh, John Means no hitter, yeah. like I, I googled the Wade Miley no hitter, and I could barely be bothered to click on the Twitter link that talked about it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I will say that the MLB's Twitter they tweeted out that Wade Miley threw that no hitter, and they uh, the the little caption next to his picture it said he came in like a wrecking ball. And oh. I thought, oh, you know, reference to the Miley Cyrus song, you know, Wrecking Ball or whatever it's called. Yeah. Like a Wade Miley no hitter is bad enough. Do you have to do you have to reference a Miley Cyrus song too with it? I bet Wade Miley saw that and was like, oh, that's that's lame. Um, sure. Yeah, the whole thing was just bad, Jeremy. I think. I think Wade Miley. Wade Miley is where no hitters have, have jumped the shark. I think. <laughs> no. Yeah. No hitters are so done. They're so over. I oh, I yep. actually texted you something to that effect. I think right. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, no. I uh, I'll say what I'll say this. Wade Miley got lucky that the movie me and my wife were watching last Friday night ended like was was like ended before the last out because that's the only reason why <laughs> I saw the last out. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, so. What movie were you watching? I'm more interested in that than <laughs> talking anymore about Wade Miley. You know, I, I, I'm loath to even get into it because it was such a weird movie. It was called VHS. And okay. um, it was actually, well, this is there's an interesting element to this, which I didn't realize until after the movie was already over. But it, uh, it has a bunch of like L.A. comedians in it, like like improv uh, improvisers and just, you know, just just kind of like like young comedians that are yeah in in the LA scene um and it's like this movie about uh this kid who like uh erases his parents he gets a camcorder like it takes place in the 80s he erases um he like uses his parents uh like wedding VHS and like records over it or whatever uh and then it shows it's it's like it shows a bunch of like he like records like late night TV and so then they do all these like kind of skits of like these late night TV shows. Um, it's not that great. It's not a good movie. And I realized at the end there, there's a odd, there's an odd, I don't know why I'm going so deep into this, but um, there's an odd cameo by Susan Sarandon oh. in it. And it just sticks out like a, a goddamn, like the biggest sore thumb you've ever seen. Uh, and then I realized the guys, the, the director's uh, Nick, or the director's name is like Jack Henry Robbins. Then I realized that it's their son, um, so that's how uh, that's oh, how that movie oh, got made. Oh, yeah, Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. Yeah, and then then it okay. turns out Tim Robbins is in it too, and like in in like heavy makeup, and so I didn't even recognize him. So uh, yeah, it was kind of a bad movie, and it was like totally, totally only got made because it's their son, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. 
Yeah, hey, well, you know, T- Tori DeVito, David Ross's girlfriend, is, uh, her, her dad was Billy Joel's drummer, so... Oh, um, really? Yeah, so, hey, it's not like she had a, you know, a foot in the door or anything when she tried to get her acting career started, so, you know, you gotta love it. Yep. You gotta love it. Um, okay, so, uh, Jeremy, we had a note here about Pirates pitchers. Well, Jack, I was gonna ask you, do you do you have any idea who leads the Pirates in, um, hold on, let me, let me double-check this. It's wins, uh, ERA, and strikeouts? Uh, yeah, I'm not looking it up. Uh, yeah. this is just off the top of my head. I would say it's Mitch Keller. Yeah, which, you know, and this is funny, because we, I think we talked, was this, no, this wasn't, this wasn't on the podcast, but we tried to guess who the opening day starter for the Pirates would be. Yeah. And I think we both were like, we only said Mitch Keller by default. We, we, the, the, honestly, I think that's the only pitcher I know who's on the Pirates right now. Yeah. Well, it is not him. Um, I'm not sure. He might, yeah, he's not, so, yeah, it's not him. Uh, the answer is JT Brubaker. Um, oh, wow. He's, so... J- and I wanted to make it about JT Brubaker because I have him on my fantasy team. But yeah. honestly, Tyler Anderson is also having a good year. So, like, both of these guys are having, like, really good years for the Pirates. Um, you know, the Pirates are not – are they in last place, I think? Um, so it's not really translating. But they 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 had they started off the season good, at least. Yeah, they're 15-21 and 21 right now. Okay, yeah. So, not so great. But, oh, interesting. Tyler Anderson's nickname is Mr. Duck. <laughs> uh that's pretty good um yeah yeah so tyler anderson has a three and three uh record with a 305 era he might have just kind of maybe given up those runs but uh jt brubaker um let me pull up his numbers really quick uh yeah 258 era and seven starts wow yeah. that's pretty solid three 38 uh 38 and third innings pitched 41 strikeouts yeah um, 12 whip yeah i mean pretty good uh so like I remember uh, he pitched against the Cubs last year, and uh, Jim Deshays was kind of like impressed by his stuff. Um, and then they kind of went on like a, a heartbreaker run, like heartbreaker, dream ticket, whatever. Um, uh, and um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I maybe uh, I mean he's twenty seven years old, but um, having a, a good year for the uh, for the Pirates. So that was one that just kind of jumped out to me. So maybe I don't know. Maybe this guy's could be good. I don't know. He's on, he's helping my fantasy team right now, so that's good. Could be, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I yeah, I didn't know here looking at the Pirates rotation. Uh, you know, actually, I think I did know this guy. I saw him pitching the other night in a game. Uh, Trevor Cahill is yep. on the. Uh, oof, that's rough, man. Talk about a talk about a journeyman, man. A guy, guy with some dirt in his cleats. Yeah, yeah but Trevor, Trevor, just doing Trevor Cahill things. A five ninety seven ERA and seven starts. Like the guy's just never good. He just hangs around. The Hall of Very Bad. Uh, the worst of fame, Jeremy. He could. He this guy definitely is a candidate for the worst of fame i i i will say i mean obviously as a guy who was on um the 16 cubs uh yep. you know uh always have a special place for those guys I, i'm i'm glad he's he's hung around he's he's pitched every season after that um and uh and kind of like you know i guess he he pitched like in 20 he started like or he pitched in 21 games uh uh in 17 and 18 but 37 games with the angels in 2019 uh, mm-hmm. So the guy, he's bounced around, but he's stayed in the league. So I'm happy for him in that sense. Uh, but, um, yeah, I just uh, I can't imagine him being good. <laughs> um, but, but there he is. <laughs> you ever uh, you ever see the movie Brubaker starring Robert Redford? <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm okay. familiar with right. it. So it's a prison movie. So there you go. JT Brubaker. Uh, thank you for putting him on our radar. Yeah. Um, 
Jeremy, I, uh, I I haven't watched a Cubs post game show uh, all year. Um, yeah. Should I? Um, well, you know, it's. Uh, I listen. We talked a little bit about Cole Wright before. Yeah. Um, and uh, God, it's, it's, I, I feel like everything he says is such a hackneyed like cliche. It's just, it's like there's more of those than like just like neutral sentences. Um, <laughs> So it's it's just it's it's so much, but um so he has a revolving door of like um, uh, co-hosts whatever like uh, analysts and um like Ryan Sweeney does it sometimes. Uh, Carlos Pena is on there, right? I Carlos, think I've, I've yeah yeah on like um on uh, video, you know he's he com- he's coming through on video. Uh, uh-huh. He has Sean Marshall on there, and Sean Marshall, I I don't know where Sean Marshall went and ahead and found a personality, but he's like. See, he, 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 I don't dislike him. I think he's kind of funny, um, but he's like, he definitely is like trying to, to have a personality, which he should be. Um, but it's like, I never heard like one peep from this guy when he was playing. Um, so I had no idea he like had any sort of like sense of humor or whatever. Um, but it was kind of funny. Um, let's see. I guess who the heck were they talking about? Um, I want to say it was maybe Zach Davies. Um, but they were doing a post game. I think it was Zach Davies, um, and he was throwing like a really tight curveball or something like that. And they were showing these. Um, they were showing like a a, high, a highlight package of, of these like curveballs or whatever, or these breaking balls. And they did like the that tail, like the like you know the like the green tail like video graphic on it to just show like the the tight snap on these pitches. And each time it they showed one, there was a sound effect like doop. Do do and like and Colwright was kind of just going through the highlights. He's like, "Here's a nice pitch in the first. Here's a nice one to get so and so swinging in the second. And then Marshall's like, "Hey, hey, you hear those sound effects? You hear those sound effects?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah. I, I put those in there just to highlight the cartoonishness of his uh his uh curveballs or whatever." Uh huh. And so like it was like, you know, it was trying. It was a somewhat professional moment, and and Sean Marshall was just like, "Oh, hey, hey, what about those? You know, what, what do you think? What do you think?" And it was like. So he must have like gone into like the editing bay with whatever guy, and he's like, "Hey, find find some like cartoon sound effects and put those in there. I think those would be really funny." And Cole Wright like wasn't giving it up for him, and so like Sean Marshall had to like kind of call it out. It was it was kind of funny. It was it was it it wasn't as awkward as it sounds, but um, it was also totally unprofessional. Well, um, so hey, I I like this Jeremy because uh, it sounds like the cartoon sound effects. Cole Wright probably knew that that was funnier than anything he'd ever done. Yeah. So he just wanted to kind of underplay it. Like, here, this Maybe, guy actually yeah. had a create a creative idea. Yeah. And Cole Wright just wanted to shit on it because, like, Cole Wright is supposed to be the comedian. That's true. That's very that's very true. And so, and then without fail, right after that, um, he. Uh, I wish I remembered the word that he said. Or yeah, I wish I remembered the word he said. But um, he said like he he was like. He threw a very good curveball or something like that. And he's like, then he goes like, yeah, a little Austin Powers there for you. <laughs> and it was that like, was what Cole Wright said. Yes. Or yeah. Sean. Mar- okay. He, Cole Wright. He did. He did some kind of accent. I think he was trying to be gold member or maybe he was trying to be sure. doctor. Dr. Dr. Evil. Evil. Yeah. 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 One of the, I think he was trying to be gold member because he maybe maybe he said like, you know, the finest gold around or something like that. And but he had it. He had it. Like I don't remember the words he said over the context, but he did this impression. And then he said, 
a little lost in powers there for you or something. And it's like, <laughs> oh, man, come on, man. This is the worst. That's dated, though, man. No one, no one's mentioned or talked about Austin Powers in 15 years. Well, you know, who has is like fucking frat guys. Like, hey, sure. Austin Powers. You know, it's like who don't know any, who don't have any other comic, comic references. Um, they <laughs> might still be pulling out the Austin Powers. They're just like fucking hacks. But like, you know, I don't know. I feel like we may run into Cole Wright one day and I'll have to scrub these from the Internet. So I'm a little I'm a little <laughs> hesitant to just go full in on Cole Wright. But it might be too late at this point. Um, well, I guess I guess staying on the subject of the Marquee Network, uh, last week you mentioned a little bit about the Greg Maddox interview on, on the uh, un- unfortunately named Chris and Tell. <laughs> yeah, the Chris Myers uh, uh, master opus uh, interview show, Chris and Tell. Um, I... W- <laughs> I don't, you know, they obviously replay a lot of stuff on the Marquee Network, and so I caught that, you know, I've been catch, catching that the Maddox episode in in bits and pieces, and I did notice. Uh, I gotta say, you know, I do like Greg Maddox. Um, he definitely seems like kind of just like a fucking dirtbag baseball guy, um, even though he has like this reputation of being like kind of like the cerebral smart guy or whatever. Um, he did, he was talking about, they asked him like, what was the maddest he ever got on the mound? Uh, which was actually kind of a good question. Although like when, if you see Chris uh, Myers, his face after he asked it, he's like, he has this fucking like, so like this, like fucking self, uh, appreciative grin on his face. Like, Oh, I just asked a great question. Um, and Maddox is thinking about it. It's really bad. And Maddox is thinking about it. And he's like, oh, you know, I don't know about Mattis. He's like, but the, the most Mattis I ever was, was uh, when I did bad in the 1989 NLCS against the Giants. Uh, he's like, you know, I knew that uh, Chicago hadn't really been in the playoffs a lot. And I, I wish I could have done better for the team um, in the playoffs. And uh, I got to say, as a fan, that's about the best answer you could hear. Like, to, to know that he uh, acknowledges uh, that, that he did do bad and that that team, like, you know, obviously people were excited about the team making the playoffs for, like, only the second time in, like, fucking 24 years or something. Um, you know, Or no, more than that. Uh, you know, was a big deal. And for them to, like, they totally laid an egg against the uh, Giants. And so, like, to hear, like, a player, like, take accountability for that, you know, from a fan standpoint is is very appreciative. Obviously, this is like uh, what thirty three years ago, thirty two years ago. Um, but uh, it was it was kind of cool to, to hear, and I appreciated that from Greg Maddox. And so I liked him already, and so like I, I appreciated that uh, uh, even more. Yeah, I mean that that that's cool, Jeremy. That'd be like if they asked Barry Bonds, like when when were you the maddest? And any and if he said like you know yeah, I was really mad that I wasn't able to throw out Sid Bream in that that right. playoff game in 1991. You know, instead instead his answer would probably be like yeah, I was like pissed off when somebody woke me up in the fourth inning when I was the Marlins hitting coach. You know, and I was trying to catch a nap. Yeah, um, exactly. Or or something like that. So yeah, it that that's. Uh, that's pretty cool, Jeremy. It's nice to know when these guys like you know lose a game that really was important to you as a fan that it uh, that it affected them too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I uh, not not baseball, but um, Jeremy Roenick for the Blackhawks had a similar moment when they won uh, their first of three. Did they win three Stanley Cups? I think so, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the the Hawks, the Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, after the first one, he was like he was like doing post game, or he was like he was the color guy for that game and he was crying and, you know, he was saying like, this is for that, the little kid I saw crying 
when we lost the Stanley Cup Finals to the Penguins in whatever that was, 92 or whatever. Um, and it's like, wow, that really, I appreciated that because, yeah, as from a fan standpoint, like, yeah, you don't forget that shit. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff, Jeremy. Um, it, it's a lot better than, you know, Marquette coach Steve Wojciechowski when someone asked him, like, you guys expect to make the tournament this year? He said the only expectations we have are the expectations we have internally. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. You suck. Yeah, very nice. There you we, go. We so sometimes the vest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, let's get into our topic here. Yeah. Um, I'm, pre- I'm pretty excited. It was fun to, uh, to, to look some of these guys up here. Uh, and I'm sure there's more guys that I missed. So our, our standard yeah. was um, the Hall of Fame. Uh, so to, to be on this list of like greatest or not so greatest last seasons, um, a guy had to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, of course, we, uh, you know, we did this episode, as Jeremy mentioned earlier, because Albert Pujols was cut last week. Well, nobody's picked him up yet. So it seems like this might be uh, that might have been his last ride. He might yeah. be he might be done, and he's a surefire Hall of Famer. Yeah, he just I I, w- I think he just cleared waivers today, so it's possible that someone might might take the chance on him. The, you know, people are talking about the White Sox. I, I was gonna say I wish I wish the White Sox would pick him up. That would <laughs> be know. so that would be so entertaining, and it would be so White Sox. Yeah. But uh, it they Larusa said it's it's not gonna happen. But okay. but as as it always is with the White Sox, just because some they say something, they said they weren't gonna hire Tony Larusa, and then they hired him. Yes, so. for sure. I was gonna say, does I know that Jerry Reinsdorf likes to exhume corpses. I don't know if Tony Larusa has the authority to do that on behalf of the White Sox. So I'm not sure. Because obviously I don't think it matters that much to Reinsdorf, but this would be another personal favorite of Tony La Russa. But when the guy, you know, can't focus on his one job, uh, I don't know if he's going to get those kinds of, you know, graces. So, Right. Um, but uh, in the spirit of all that, uh, we decided to look up some other, um, you know, some other guys, see how some other all-time greats did in their uh, their final Final seasons. So, um, Jeremy, we're going to start with the bad list. Uh, sure. We said that the, the players who were had bad last seasons. And I guess I'll, I'll get us kicked off here. Cool. And this was kind of one of the uh, uh, reasons I wanted to make this list because people often talk about this as being one of this guy, this guy's last season as being one of the more depressing, um, you know, if you watched him as a good player. Uh, but Mickey Mantle, uh, okay, the Mick. Yeah. Um, uh, Mickey, in the last couple years of his career, uh, maybe just the last one. I'd have to look at his uh, his defensive things here. They uh, they they converted him to a first baseman. So Mickey Mantle, who had been a, a center fielder his whole career, was now playing first base. He was old. He was broken down. He looked like he looked old. Um, if you look at pictures of him from when he was playing first, uh, and yeah, he had he just had a crappy last season. Um, I mean, he hit two thirty seven with eighteen homers, uh, and he actually walked one hundred six times. Um, uh, you know, so actually that's you know that's really not that bad. Um, you know, there's been worse guys, but, uh, he, um, you know, pe- pe- that's kind of like held up as the example of a guy who was just nowhere near what he used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I just, I wanted to pick that one for the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, his name crossed my, my radar and I was trying to, you know, think back to, uh, what I, what I picked up from the movie 61. Um, cause I think they, they kind of show a little bit of his his demise uh, or his uh, his you know his uh whatever down downward turn i guess mm-hmm. um and like yeah like that's a that's a that's a weird one too because of uh you know all the drinking and all that like all that history with with that um so so yeah that was a that was a that's an interesting one jack um i have another yankee uh for mine oh sure um, uh and not really um a yankee uh like in this 
iteration, but uh, Yogi Berra. Oh yeah, okay. Another guy who like kind of had like an a bit of an unceremonious uh, ending of his career because he ended up on the Mets. Sure. Um, yeah. And like it's one of those things. Uh, they say this about Willie Mays too. Like just you know these guys ending on weird things, which we did a whole episode on it. And honestly, some of these guys came up again um, from the episode that we did, like guys who ended their, their careers on weird teams. Um, but yeah, I don't think we talked about Yogi Berra in that. I, I don't remember if we did or not, but he appeared in four games with the 1965 Mets after not appearing. Um, his last appearance with the Yankees was in 1963. Um, and uh, yeah, he kind of, didn't play like full seasons those last two years with the Yankees. Um, and then like, yeah, resurfaced with the Mets and appeared in four games, uh, went, uh, two for nine, uh, with three strikeouts, um, and then hung it up for, for good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, kind of an unceremonious ending for Yogi Berra, I guess. Um, yeah, for someone who was such a great player, I mean, he was a 10 time, uh, world series champion. Um, probably he's probably the greatest short player ever. He was only five, seven, yeah. But um, we haven't really talked about Yogi Berra too much on this podcast. But yeah, he was a, he was an outstanding player. He won three MVPs uh, in 1950. He struck out 12 times in 656 plate appearances. Yeah. So yeah. the dude was uh, yeah the dude was crazy. But yeah, super weird that he would end with the Mets after getting nine at bats, just uh, just kind of hanging it up. Um, I mean that that's definitely a guy who deserved to have the treatment of. You know, announcing his retirement before the season and then just having having his last season be a, a farewell tour. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, for a career Yankee who was like on such, you know, uh, prosperous Yankees teams, 10 World Series with the Yankees, I mean, it's like someone should have said like, Yogi, please don't do this. Don't, don't put on a <laughs> Mets uniform. Like this is, you know, it's a bad way to end your legacy. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't know the circumstances of what happened. Uh, with it, um, uh, but uh, but yeah, not not probably not the way he should have went out. No. Um, uh, so Jeremy, I, I guess going in that vein, um, another bad guy that I had on my list. You already mentioned him, as you said. Some of these guys came up, but Willie Mays is another example okay. of that that people give uh, of, of as just having a, a bad end to his career. I've never seen the clip, but people talk about him like falling down in the outfield when he was with the Mets. Um, and this is uh, a guy who was like one of the most graceful uh, outfielders of, of all time, just the best of the best. Um, his last career, uh, his last year of his uh, career, he hit 211 with six home runs in 209 official at bats, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is terrible. Um, uh, you know, he stole stole one base. He was 42 years old. He was just an old man. Yeah. Um, he he made the All Star team that year. Obviously, that was just uh, you know. Uh, a formality for him to be there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, here's an example of a guy who just didn't know when to say when, Um, you know, I I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 35. The guy was seven years older than I am still trying to play baseball, you know, and it's, you know, I, I can, my knees bark at me when I go for a run. So (laughs) I can't imagine what that, what that, what he was feeling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm closing in, closing in on that um, and couldn't (laughs) imagine it. It's crazy to think about Willie Mays. Um, he hit uh, 14 homers over his last two seasons, but he hit 660 career homers. Uh, so it's just crazy to think about, like, you know, if he had a couple more, you know, if, if I mean, maybe he shouldn't have been playing those, those two last <laughs> years. I don't know. But, like, you know, in a career where you, you hit 660 to hit four, only 14 over two years 
is like, you know, he could have hit more, is I guess my point. Yeah. But. Well, one thing I'm looking at his career numbers too. I'm I'm glad that he finished over two hundred or over three hundred for yeah. his uh, for his career. He was a career three oh two hitter. Pujols dropped below three hundred. I wanna see what he ended at real quick. But Miguel Cabrera is still over three hundred for his career and I, I think that if he plays these next two years and he doesn't quit, because he's still under contract for two more years with the Tigers, if he plays I think he's going to drop under 302, which uh, which sucks. Uh, yeah, Pujols, uh, you know, if he doesn't play anywhere else, he will he will have ended his career as a 298 career hitter, which is uh, that's pretty unfortunate. And it's also amazing because the last uh, the last like 10 years of Pujols' career, he never hit over over 300. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, Willie Mays. <clears throat> Willie Mays was my number two here. All right, Jack, where should I go with this next one? But good, medium. Bad. Let's do all the bad guys first, and right, then we'll we'll do medium, and then we'll do good. Let's do it. I have um, I have, I have a you know a handful of guys here. I don't know if I need to name them all, but uh, so let me just pick some of the best ones sure. here. Um, Jack, uh, Bob Gibson. This was surprising to me. Bob Gibson did not have a good good numbers his last year. Yeah. Um. Baseball. Uh. Uh. They were not. Uh. Yeah. Five oh four ERA in nineteen seventy five, and it was a sharp drop off too, because he was still pretty good up until that point. Yeah. Um. Nineteen seventy four. Um. His second to last season, he had a three eighty three ERA and thirty three starts, two hundred forty innings. Uh. As a thirty eight year old. So. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was. He was pitching pretty well. Um. I. Uh, I remember a funny story, Jeremy. I think yep. he retired after this game, but he gave yep. up a home run to Pete Lecoq. Yep. And he said, you know, when I knew when I gave up a home run to Pete Lecoq that it was time to time to hang it up. Yeah, I think didn't they say like he just walked off the mound and then that was it? Like <laughs> I think I think that happened. And um yeah, so like yeah, he was three and ten also. Like and you know, like wins losses shouldn't matter, but they, they did matter back then. Um Yeah, because the pitcher pitched the whole game. Yeah. So three and ten. Uh what I thought was weird too is that he um <coughs> excuse me. He pitched in uh, 22 games, but only started 14. He actually finished four games and had two saves. So, like, that's yeah. just something that, like, that whole, like, that number line paints a picture of, like, not who Bob Gibson really was. And, uh, you know, um, so it, it just, I, I threw that in there. But, um, yeah, that, that season, he, he just must not have looked uh, like who, who, who we all like, who they knew he was at that point. So no, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I, I also heard too, that a few years later at an old timers game, uh, Pete Lecoq was facing Bob Gibson and Bob Gibson threw at him. And then he <laughs> yes. said, I've been, yeah. I've been waiting for years to do that. Uh, so that's pretty good. So, you know, Bob Gibson ended up getting his revenge. Also, if you ever listen to Bob Gibson, give an interview. Um, he, he sounds like a nerd. <laughs> Which is which is very strange. The most intimidating pitcher of all time. Uh, yeah, sounds like a, he sounds like a total nerd when he talks. Not to you know, not to uh, uh, you know, Speaking sound like a dead. sound like a not to sound like a high school bully here, but yeah. <laughs> well, not Jack, to I, not to look like not to sound like Jack Peterson looks, but <laughs> I also think Jack that you said that maybe back on that episode where we watched the Tory the Joe Tory uh rant too. i did it con- it constantly <laughs> it constantly fascinates me i just yeah. have to keep i have to keep reminding people uh, should we of this. Do, should we do a whole like uh minisode about baseball players with high-pitched voices <laughs> we should yeah yeah <laughs> we could <laughs> probably be, do it yeah yeah that would be pretty funny um yeah okay so uh yeah so bob gibson there um yeah. all right jack who do you got that's a good one uh yeah so my next bad one um uh is raleigh fingers okay so yeah. If you, if, yeah if you look at his numbers his his last season um they are not great uh at all and again it was kind of a sharp drop off 
very sharp drop-off. So um, in 1984, Riley Fingers' second-to-last season, he had a 196 ERA in 46 innings, so, you know, pretty solid. Then in 1985, as a 38-year-old, his last year, he had a 504 ERA um, in 55 and a third innings. So just terrible. Um, you know, he, he had just completely lost it. Uh, the, he never had an ERA under three, but for one other season in 1979, his whole career. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, or over three. Yeah. Uh, he, he had a 452 ERA in 1979. That was it. Everything else was in, in either in the threes, the twos, or the ones. So, uh, yeah, that last year, 85, total outlier. Um, he clearly just didn't have it anymore. And, you know, credit to him for just hanging it up after one bad season and saying, hey, I'm done. Yeah, right. No, because I, you know... Um... Yeah, he's still, he had 17 saves, I guess, uh, but he also finished 37. Um, I'm not sure how the 85 Brewers were uh, in the standings. But... Sue 71 and 90, right. not okay. good. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, I saw I saw that one come across too, and uh, yeah, not great. Um, so another guy from that era, Jack, that I have, um, Phil Necro. Now, okay. I, I the old, put the old knuckleballer. Yeah, so I put a big asterisk on that one because the guy was like fucking forty-five years old when he <laughs> he was no forty-eight years old. So it's almost unfair. I mean, should I? You know, I I don't want to get brought up for why not? Like Why not? I mean, well, hey, I'll say this, Jeremy. Yeah. The guy he was forty-eight, yeah. but he started twenty-six games that year. Um, yeah. So if they if they ran the guy out there twenty-six times, regardless of how old he was, he should have been good. Okay. Um, so I won't get a, brought up on elder abuse then. <laughs> hey, I mean, I, we've said enough uh, things about Tony Larusa that it's just you know we've already uh, we've already crossed that bridge. We I did, think. Jack. Some of which I think drew the ire of my father-in-law, but uh, we'll have to talk about that off <laughs> off mic. <laughs> oh, I do want to hear that. Okay, so yeah, uh, uh, yeah, he had a six thirty ERA, Jeremy, in his um, you know his last year. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, three hundred eighteen wins for the guy, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, he's definitely one. Of, he definitely hung around. For a very long time. Yeah. And leading up to that, too, you know, um, <clears throat> not great. Um, he also appeared with three teams, too, in that 87 season, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Cleveland, Toronto, and Atlanta. So, yeah, I don't know. Not great, but uh, I, I, you, you almost you almost got to cut him some slack for just pitching to almost <laughs> in his fucking 50s. But, <laughs> but yeah. So, that, that's, that's who I got. Um, okay, Jeremy. My, uh, my next bad one is Mike Schmidt. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I wish that Mike Schmidt had not been before my time. I think he would have been one of my favorite players if, uh, you know, because I, I like third baseman who can hit with hit for power. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I would have really dug him. Uh, but, yeah, his last season was 1989 with the Phillies. He made the all-star team, but he only played, played in 42 games, uh, six home runs, and a 203 average. So, uh, yeah. yeah, just terrible. You know, and, and for a guy... Yeah, I mean, he did everything that I liked. He hit for power. He walked a lot. Um, not much of an average guy, but, uh, yeah, his OBP was always really good because he walked so much. Um, yeah, but that last season was just kind of an abomination. He he barely hit 200. Yeah, so <clears throat> so this is a weird one, Jack. I actually remember when Mike Schmidt retired. Like, he had that kind of famous crying retirement speech. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. You know, at that time... I think, you know, it would have been worse. Like, you know, you'd rather be caught with an underage child or something than, than to <laughs> cry at your your retirement speech uh, press conference. But, um, but yeah, so, like, uh, I don't know. And then he made the All-Star team. I want to say he must have gotten voted in um, to that to that All-Star game. Yeah. 
Sure. Uh, because I remember he retired. He played 42 games that's that year, and I think he started the season with the team. And I think he just he played like you know like a little like a month and a half, and then realized he he shouldn't be out there or something, and, and retired. Sure. Um, so I I do re- I still I kind of remember I have memories of that as a kid. Um, but yeah, my um my my friend. Uh, a childhood friend of mine and his dad who were like big baseball guys. Like I went to a lot of baseball games with them. Uh, this is the same dad who I, I sure I talked about was like, he was a regular at Bernie's. Uh, sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. They were like big Mike. He was, at least he was a big Mike Schmidt fan. I think cause they were German and like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, I, 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 I felt like I couldn't relate to their, their love of Mike Schmidt just because I, I couldn't relate I mean, I don't even know Mike Schmidt to be like outwardly German. <laughs> like, I don't know if he's like some sort of German icon or something. I don't even know if he is fucking German. But like, they they love this guy, and I was like, okay, I guess so. I'm like, we're the Filipino ball players. There aren't any, but uh, Benny Agbayani or something. But, um, but yeah. So, uh, or actually, yeah, Danny Graves is like part Filipino. So is Tim Lincecum. Actually, I guess there's there's some coming to me now. But okay. Uh, okay. but anyway, um. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, Mike Schmidt was, I caught the tail end of his career, but I couldn't, I couldn't just get, get on board. Just, I don't know. Um, but, uh, obviously a great player. Yeah, for sure. Maybe he was just too old, uh, you know, by the time he started watching. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I'm up here, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> how many more bad guys do you have? Jack? Uh, I just, I have one, unless you want to move okay. on to the a- average guys. Uh, I have I have a couple I have one more that I definitely want to talk about though. Sure. Um, yeah. So I'll just I'll skip to him and then you can do yours and we'll move on. Jack, my yeah. my last guy is um is Hack Wilson. Oh yeah, sure. The old uh, the old Cub major league record for RBIs in one season. Yeah. And so I'm looking at his numbers. He pitched he appeared in um uh <clears throat> 1934 was his last year. He spent time with the I guess the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Phil and the Phillies. Uh, combined, he, uh, hit 245 with six homers and 30 RBIs. Jack, I never, I don't, you know, yeah, we all know about like the, uh, the 191 RBIs, uh, in, and 56 homers in 1930 for the Cubs. Yeah. What a season. But I'm looking at his numbers, Jack. Why is this guy in the fucking hall of fame? He's not that good. No, he had like five, five good seasons. Yeah. Um, from like 1926 to 1930, he like he was really good. And other than that, uh, he had there's like nothing there. No, I mean, is this guy Prince Fielder? Like, I don't <laughs> like, I don't know. And you know, you talked about short guys. He he's apparent according to Baseball Reference, he was only five six, one ninety. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Jeremy. No, that that's a great comparison, actually. Um, if if you look at like the peak of of Prince Fielder's career, yeah, it's very similar to Hack Wilson. Um, you know, except for those 191 RBIs, which right. is ridiculous. I want to look at what that 1930 Cubs team hit. Um, yeah, their team batting average was that that team batted 309 as a team. <laughs> that's where that's why he got 191 RBIs because yeah. everybody was getting on base. Yeah. Um that entire friggin' lineup hit 300. That, that not that entire lineup hit like 350. You know, there's a couple guys who were like, you know, in 200, but you know, everybody like they had like five guys in that lineup hit 330 or over. That is that is insane. Um uh wow, I had I had never gone down that rabbit hole before. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, it was um it was interesting. Um yeah, I'm looking at a similarity scores. Um no, nobody that we really know. Larry Doby is number five. Mike Trout is actually number six. Uh, Cargo is seven. The, the first four guys, though, I, I don't really know. 
Um, and did uh, they not name an MVP in 1930? Like <laughs> he, he didn't even. He's not listed. So he never came higher than fifth in MVP voting. He's not even listed on the MVP voting in 1930. Right. right. Yeah. What What happened there? Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they did. Uh, maybe they couldn't get that spot that Chevrolet sponsorship uh, that year or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, how? Th- th- something must have happened there because how could he have not gotten it? I don't know. No, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's a very good point, Jeremy. And, uh, and also a good comparison in, in seemingly body type too. Um, I mean, Hack, Hack Wilson seems like a, like Prince Fielder, kind of a short, stocky guy. Uh, Prince Fielder was listed as like 5'10 or 5'11, but I stood next to him one time when I got his autograph at a minor league game and he was, he's not, he's not 5'10. So that's, I think that's uh, that's a little exaggerated. But uh, yeah, yeah, good comparison there, Jeremy, and uh, definitely underwhelming. I know there's a lot of guys who are in the Hall of Fame that probably shouldn't be. And looking back, maybe Hack Wilson is one of those guys. Yeah, right. I think we got to take him out, Jack. Um, uh, it, I think he, he. It looks like he did win the um, the uh, um, MVP. Yeah, or actually the. the, 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 the... Okay, no, it's weird. It says, with no mo- most valuable player award for the second year in a row due to financial strains. Oh, they couldn't pay. They couldn't afford to pay the guy. The, oh, associ- wow. the Associated Press polled its members and named Joe Cronin its unofficial AL MVP. Uh, the Baseball Writers Association named Hack Wilson the MVP of the Nationals. Uh, um, and his team presented him with a $1,000 bonus. So Ooh, wow. A $1,000 bonus. Um, I think Clayton Kershaw makes that much with every pitch he throws. More, right. more than that, actually. Um, let's move on to the mediocre players, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, uh, so the first one I have listed here is um, Carl Ustremski. I have him uh, down too, Jack. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say uh, 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 Hawk Harrelson's favorite player, Carl Ustremski. Um, yeah, he had a 1983 was his last year. He uh, made the all-star team, um, you know, because it was his last year. Uh, we'd probably say that about every guy on here. But, yeah, he hit 266 in uh, 119 games played, uh, 437 plate appearances, uh, 10 home runs, and 56 RBIs. Just pretty pretty pedestrian numbers, but also kind of impressive that a guy who's 43 years old could still put up those numbers. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, like he, um, <clears throat> he made, uh, I don't even know, like 14, 15 straight All-Stars. Uh, yep. And then didn't in 80 and 81 and then came back and made the all-star team in 82, 83. I don't know if there was fan voting at that point, mm-hmm. but um, the numbers aren't that bad. Honestly, like I put him like my kind of middle tier is kind of like better than average like years, um, just maybe a tick below what they're normal, but respectable, like a respectable uh, output. So I would say like 10 homers, 266 for a, certainly for a 43 year old guys, pretty respect, respectable in my book. Um, so, so yeah, just, uh, worth noting there, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rice, well, I'm, I'm, I figured we'd have some of the same guys and I guess, uh, I guess Yaz was one of them. Uh, who's another, who's another one you had, Jeremy? Um, Jack, I had Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones oh, yeah, okay. had a pretty respectable, um, last year, uh, hit, uh, 287 with 14 homers. I mean, yeah. that's pretty damn good. Honestly. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, I don't really have too many lasting. I didn't really like Chipper Jones like as a player, uh-huh. um, but uh, but yeah, like you know, pretty. I don't know. I think it was pretty respectable. His his average uh, numbers were pretty solid uh, for the most part 
all the way to the end of his career. Dipped into the 260s there a little bit, but then uh, hit 275 and 287 in his last two years. Um, so, so yeah, also made the all-star team um, in his last year. And uh, he was definitely a guy who had, like, the farewell tour, too, I remember. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, and he, I mean, he remained uh, pretty solid, um, you know, even even during, like, his, his late 30s. He, he was a guy who could be counted on to you know, get hit about 270 that, that 2008 season where he hit, he hit 364. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. As a 36 um, year old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chipper Jones. That is a, that's a good call, Jeremy. Um, my next guy is, uh, Johnny bench, Johnny okay. bench for the, uh, the Cincinnati reds. His numbers don't really look that great. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, when you consider the fact that he was, you know, 35 and kind of just broken down, from all of the years he played catcher, uh, he hit 255 with 12 homers and 54 RBIs. Um, uh, I try, I kind of want to try to find his standard fielding there to figure out how much he. Uh, there oh, we yeah. go. Yeah, let's see. In his last season, where was he playing? Uh, oh, he caught he caught only five games that year. Played a little bit of first base, a little bit of third base, um, and some outfield too. So they were kind of playing him all over the place, which I think may have been the case for some of the latter years of his career. But yeah, I mean, for, for Johnny Bench, uh, twelve home runs, fifty four RBIs, and two fifty five average. That's not like completely falling off the rails. That's not that's not Mike Schmidt territory. Right. He he was still able to hold his own, and credit credit to him too. He was only 35, so maybe if he wanted to, he could have stuck around for one or two more years, which probably would have been really bad. But he just he just got out at, at 35, so good for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and he was a career 267 hitter to begin with. So, um, or I mean, in the end, anyway. So right. 255 wasn't that you know wasn't that much below his his career output. So uh, yeah, yeah, he he popped up on my list as well, and I figured, um, <clears throat> you know. For a for a, a guy like at that age, at that stage of his career, uh, fairly respectable, you know. Definitely, definitely passable. Um, Jack, I have um, Cal Ripken on my list as well. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah I like uh, it. Cal Ripken. Um, so his average dipped. His average was he only hit two thirty nine, but he hit fourteen homers in his last year. Uh huh. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when. What year did he finally? sit a game do you it was both, it was it wasn't in his last year right it was uh, oh we know of course not because he didn't no appear in, i mean it, it might have been 99 jeremy um he played in 161 and 98 but i want to see if the orioles only played 161 uh that year no they, the orioles played 162 that year um okay. so it, it seems like it was 98 that they sat him uh that they sat him out for a game okay yeah i it's kind of crazy to imagine what those last couple years were for like were like for him uh being the iron man and then only playing in like 86 and 83 games uh so he came back for 128 games um you know uh his last year uh so had had like you know got on the field um hit double digit homers uh so i don't know it's you know for for a guy like the, yeah again the average was a little low but uh you know not fairly respectable you know yeah, Jeremy, it, his last season kind of reminds me of Derek Jeter's last season. I, Jeter isn't on my the list of guys, but uh, the the that Orioles team was bad, sixty three and ninety eight. So um, they they clearly were like, all right, we're not going to win any games, so we're just going to play you one hundred thirty games this year, uh, so everybody right. can can say goodbye. Right, right, and I believe that was the All Star. He made the All Star team that year, and that was the one. I think it was Chan Ho Park grooved the ball to him. Right, right, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Chan Ho Park, man. A guy couldn't catch a break. Gave up two two grand slams to Fernando Tatis in the same inning, and, <laughs> and is remember he's remembered for that and grooving a pitch to Cal Ripken Jr. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There you go. I always thought Chan Ho Park was the name of a stadium when I was a kid. Oh yeah. You know, because that it's it's it almost sounds like the name of a stadium because it's you know his last name is Park. Yeah, the, so, Cub, uh, the Cubs played in Ho Ho Cam Park, uh, in uh in Arizona. Their spring training. Stadium. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know it was called that. That's a good, um, it's a good little bit of knowledge. Actually, also a good segue into my next guy, okay. um, Fergie Jenkins. Okay. Um, yeah, there you go. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, folks. Today, the CDC acknowledged that uh, you don't have to be, you don't have to be wearing a mask if you're fully vaccinated. So I, Fergie Jenkins wasn't wearing one anyway when he was out in public. If, if you know what we saw of him on TV at the World Series was to be believed. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, so yeah, that's good news for for Fergie Jenkins there. And what a day for him too, because um, we talked about him on this podcast. So yeah, his last year was with the Cubs. He uh, he had gone to the uh, uh, Red Sox and Rangers. For a few years, but uh, his last two seasons, his age 39 and 40 seasons, uh, were with the Cubs. So 1983, his age 40 season, he had a 4.30 ERA, uh, 33 appearances, 29 of those starts, and uh, he pitched 167 in a third inning. So you know those aren't remarkable stats. They are that's like the very definition of average um, for a pitcher. But uh, but yeah, I mean he was still at age 40. He was still able to have a league average season. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I don't know, man, I, I kind of wish um, I could have seen Fergie Jenkins's career just because just um, seemed like just as solid as they come, like as a pitcher year in and year out. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six straight years of 20 wins, seven out of eight. Um, 20 win seasons. Uh, so just kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, you know, it's weird, Jack. I have like the, that 1983 set of baseball cards, um, tops. Uh, that is the year of Ryan Sandberg's rookie card. Um, and Fergie Jenkins has a card in that set. And I was going to a game where he was going to be doing a signing. I ended up not being able to get his autograph. Um, but uh, I was going to have him sign that card and it's just, it's a weird looking card. Cause he just like looks, he just looks old. Like he looks like a coach kind of like he's <laughs> got this like big black mustache and um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting looking card and it, it sticks out and, and just the, the concept, no, knowing him as a guy who pitched in the sixties and seventies, I'm like, he was still in the league in 83 and it's just kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, that eighty three was the year that Lee Elia had that blow up, I think. Oh, so, uh, yeah. so yeah, he would have uh, he would have been on that Cubs team, which is interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Jeremy, I also wonder because he finished his career with two hundred and eighty four wins. So I wonder if uh, you know, to quote Joe West, if he was chasing that rainbow, if he was trying <laughs> to get uh, if he was trying to get three hundred wins, and he just he just couldn't quite get there. Yeah, which uh, which sucks for him. Um, that, that's probably the only reason he was still hanging around. Um, uh, kind of wish he could have done it, but, uh, yeah, it fell just short of 300 wins. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, he knows, uh, he hangs out with Skrillex at the world series. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you guys, listeners, if you missed it, you missed it because we'll never be able to find that. Oh, no, no, we yeah. will not. It was like a one second thing. And Jeremy <laughs> was like, was that Fergie Jenkins? And then we rewound it. We should have tried to record it somehow. Well, but, dude, uh, honestly, you know what? I, I got to go back. I got to pull like the video. Like I got to go to MLB TV. I think I can pull that up somehow. I got to fucking get that <laughs> freeze frame. I, 
I we owe it to the listeners to to get that that <laughs> picture because it's fucking absurd. Um, but anyway, um, all right, it was my turn, Jack. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know. I you know I I didn't double check this guy's numbers, but let me let me see. I don't know how this guy ended up on my mediocre like my middling list. Uh, but Jack, I have Louis Aparicio. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. And like yeah. So I mean, again, guy well before our time. I don't have much of a frame of reference for his career. Um, had speed, uh, was a good glove guy, won um, nine gold gloves uh, as a shortstop. Um, his last year, um, he hit 271, uh, you know, still wrecked up 13, uh, 13 stolen bases at age 39. I don't know. That seems pretty impressive to me. Yeah. Uh, appeared in the all-star game uh, three years leading up to that. Um, and yeah, took the, took the field 132 uh, games. Um, so yeah, I mean, he hit above his, he was a career 262 hitter and he hit 271 his last career, his last year. So I think maybe that's why I, I put him on that list. Um, so yeah, respectable end, I guess. Yeah. Not bad. Also drove in 49 runs uh, that year as well, which is the most he driven in, in like five years. So yeah. Um, uh, that, that, that's a good call, Jeremy. And I feel like he's kind of a forgotten, uh, forgotten player. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Lu- uh, Louis Aparicio, that's a good, that's a good call. My last one, um, also an infielder, um, played for the Brewers, Paul Molitor. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Cocaine's a hell of a drug, man, but he, uh, he finished it <laughs> Um, in, in, in Minnesota, he finished his career. Uh, he was a, he was 41 years old, but he could still really hit. Uh, he had a 281 average, uh, 559 plate appearances. So he wasn't, he was an everyday guy for them. Um, yeah, hit 281 the year before that he hit 305 the year before that he hit 341. Um, so yeah, the dude was, the dude was pretty sick career 306 hitter. Um, uh, yeah, Molly, uh, a good, good guy. I think the Brewers begged him to come back. They begged him. Uh, and he didn't, he didn't do it. Um, but, but yeah, I was going to say, uh, Jack, I know there's a reason why you don't like Paul Molitor and yeah, I, I was yeah, like, I, yeah. Well, he went to the twins for the end of his career. I mean, he's from Minnesota, so I get it. Um, and he had, he had some good ass years with them, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, but still, still a prey. I'll get credit where it's due. Um, pretty good, pretty good last year for him. Yeah. Interesting. I never really, I guess I never really like took a prolonged look at his numbers, but, um, only hit over 20 homers once in his career. Yeah, not really a yeah, not a big home run guy, but yeah, that last season that he played, forty five walks, forty one strikeouts. Um, yeah, you like that? Pretty, pretty damn yeah, pretty damn good. Mahogany uh, strikeout. Mahogany. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? mahogany right there. Uh, to quote to quote James uh, 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 James Woods, um, who uh, uh, not po- uh, podcast non listener Chris has said would play me in a movie. I think that's uh, oh, I think that's pretty I think that's pretty accurate actually. I think that's a good that's good casting. Um, uh, okay, so we're gonna move on to the good guys to end this on a good note. Um, yeah. And my my first guy, Jeremy, is Mike Mussina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Moose. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, he won. Uh, and his last season was two thousand eight. He won twenty games. He won twenty and nine with a three thirty seven ERA. His age thirty nine year for the Yankees. Pitched two hundred innings. Started thirty four games, which led the league. And then he retired. So that was a that was a great last season for him. Yeah, Mike Musina is the total guy. Like, a to- like he's gonna be a total guy who's just like overlooked by time. I think uh, even even though he did make it into the Hall of Fame, um, yeah, just kind of like an understated guy, uh, solid as they come. And um, yeah, I remember him having a good year his last year. 
um yeah it was it was good stuff and yeah he pitched in a really tough division too for a long time so um yeah. I mean, his whole career his whole career was in a tough division so yeah mike musina he's my first uh, my first guy nice nice um i'll i'll say this guy just because he did come up on the uh guys who ended on weird teams list but uh vlad senior Vlad vladimir yeah. guerrero senior um just uh yeah like we we mentioned this on that episode but uh he hit 290 with the Baltimore Orioles, 13 uh, home runs, not too bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, career 318 hitter. Um, so, you know, 290 is below that. But, um, you know, still played 145 games that year. I mean, the guy could have played – We we he could have played at least another year and maybe another two years, and he was 36 at that time. And, uh, yeah, uh, I guess there's something to be said for going out on top. Maybe uh, he knew that uh, he had to like start training his son. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, the, a good way to go out for for a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and and Jeremy, who yeah, like, who didn't like Vladimir Guerrero, especially when he was on the Expos. Um, yeah. But you know, he had some great years with Anaheim as well, but our, our LA. But uh, yeah, I mean, who who didn't like uh, Vladimir Guerrero when he was playing? To par- to paraphrase a quote. From Drunk Rick Sutcliffe, uh, hey man, if, if you don't like Vladimir Guerrero, you got problems. You know, <laughs> I forget who he says that about. He says it about M- Mud. Is that yeah, who he Mark says it about? Grant? Yeah, just yeah. like a relief pitcher. <laughs> Mark Mud Grant. Yeah, uh, I was good. He's like, man, if you don't like, if you don't like Mark Grant, man, you got you got problems. Uh, that's good. Uh, classic stuff um yeah but yeah he was always one of my favorite players so i was glad that glad that he didn't have a real uh, steep decline um another guy on my list jeremy is mariano rivera yep also um, on my I, list yeah okay so i believe that um he was the only unanimous hall of fame mm-hmm. uh guy um which is which is strange and ridiculous that shouldn't yes. shouldn't have been the case but yeah at, at age 43 in 2013 mariano rivera had a 211 ERA with 44 saves, which is pretty in 64 innings, which is pretty uh, pretty outstanding. Um, yeah. yeah, that was just a, a great last season for him. He probably didn't even need to hang it up. I mean, his his ERA his last few years of his career to count backwards. So 211 in his last year, 216 the year before that, 191 the year before. Well, he he barely pitched in 2012, but 191 the year before that, 180, 176, 140. The guy was just ridiculous. He probably could have. I would have liked to see him pitch a few more years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he could have done it for sure, especially coming out of the pen. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely. He was he was on my list too. So thought thought yeah. it was a pretty good year. Excellent. Yeah. Um. So Jack, I got a couple guys who go hand in hand a little bit here. Um, okay. You might have one or both of them, but uh, I'll say this guy first. Uh, Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs, yeah, I like I like Wade Boggs, Jeremy. Yeah. Now, listen, did he end on the on the Devil Rays wearing that stupid uniform with the big <laughs> like print? Yes. Did he? You know, was that a disgrace to like as good of a player as he was? Yes. Did he? Um, you know, hit a home run for his three thousandth hit, bend over, kiss the home plate, and exposing his bald spot? Yes, he did. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I mean. Listen, he was 41 years old his last year. He hit 301. It's like, man, it's like I would like to take like, you know, like Albert Almora and fucking uh, Kyle Schwarber and all these fucking Cubs bums and be like, listen, look, look at this guy. He's 41 years old. And he hit 301. You couldn't fucking ever dream of hitting 301. Um, <laughs> so it's like fucking get it together. Like this 41 year old man is better than you at baseball at, at, your, at the prime of your life. 
Uh, so, so, you know, fucking get to the cage or something and, uh, figure this shit out. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's again, another kind of, you know, mahogany sort of thing there. Yeah. Like, hitting 301 as a 41 year old is fucking cool, man. It is. Yeah. Wow. Career 328 average for Wade Boggs. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, insane. I remember the Devil Rays were doing that that thing in the first year or two of their existence, where they were signing all of these guys who were Florida natives. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I think that's why Boggs and McGriff both signed with them because I think they're both from Tampa. Okay. Um, yeah. And if I was a Rays fan, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck like where these guys are from. You know, like <laughs> right. I, I don't I don't care if the Brewers signed Mark Grudzelanik because he's from Wisconsin. Like, right. uh, you know, just get good baseball players, you know, yeah. sign all these, why are you signing all these has-beens? But, uh, yeah, in the case of, in the case of Wade Boggs, yeah, he certainly didn't play like a has-been really in either of his years. I mean, he hit 280 in his, the year before that, that last season. So he was, uh, he was pretty solid right up to the end. But yeah, 301, Jeremy, yeah, you can't argue with that. That's really good. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if, like, he only appeared in 90 games that year or so. I don't know. Maybe he would have dipped below 300, but still pretty, pretty cool. Um, yeah, I know. It's like, um, couldn't like, I'm trying to think of guys who came up in around that time, like, like Lance Bergman or Todd Helton. It's like, uh, maybe those guys are from uh, Florida too. And we just don't know it. Uh, so maybe we could draft them or something, you know, not a 41 year old Wade Boggs. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be on the team for the long haul. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there were, there were just a bunch of oddball guys who came through Tampa Bay for sure. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so my uh, one of my guys here, Jeremy. We just got a couple couple guys left here. Um, uh, is Kirby Puckett? So Kirby oh, Puckett yeah. had a really good last year, uh, age thirty five season, twenty three home runs, ninety nine RBIs, uh, and a three fourteen average. Um, did he end? Did his career end early because he was having vision yeah. problems? Yes, I was gonna say okay. like I, that, I, you know, and we we discussed this about like guys who had like unceremonious. Uh, yeah, ends I to couldn't their remember which was why, but yeah, okay, so that 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 rings a bell now that his career was ended prematurely. Yeah, like I don't know, I I and I did I feel like I did recently hear about um you know what happened with him. He also had some uh, troubled. Uh, news that came out about him, but that was year. I think that was a couple years after he had retired. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think. But you know, he was thirty five um, when yeah, so he, when that happened. Uh, yeah. So he was probably getting ready to retire in the next couple of years if he if he hadn't. Yeah. Um, uh, that that season. But yeah, he was uh, uh, even he wasn't really slowing down at all. I don't know if he was like a steroid guy um, or anything like that. Yeah, I don't but. Think uh, so. Yeah, and his no, I don't. Yeah, in his age thirty four season uh, in nineteen ninety four, the short and strike shortened season, he had twenty homers, one hundred twelve RBIs, and he had three seventeen. So yeah, the, the dude was just a good baseball player. But uh, that was a that was a pretty fine last season for him for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, maybe this is a good time to bring this up. Why why the hell not, Jack? I um my car, which you've you've been in many times. We've gone sure. to many a game for this podcast on it. Uh, my car is unofficially named Kirby uh, after Kirby okay. Puckett. Um, and the only reason really? why I, the only reason why I did that, Jack, is because uh, I, I was talking to a girl who was from Minnesota and was a big Twins fan, and I tried to, to, to curry favor with her. I said, hey, I had just gotten this car, and I'm like, hey, maybe I'll name it Kirby. It kind of reminds me of Kirby Puckett a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, nothing ever happened with that girl, Jack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder why, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, in all the years I've known you, and in all the years you've had that car, 
Uh, and yeah, we're coming up on the 10 10 year anniversary of, uh, I guess the time we first met, but, um, yeah, the, a decade of decadence for sure. But like, (laughs) I, uh, I had no idea your car was named Kirby. No. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, you know, I, I did like name all my, my previous cars. Um, and that one, like I knew at the time I'm like, I'm going to regret like, you know, naming it kirby um yeah and uh yeah. well i think this was before those allegations against kirby puckett came out too no no I, it was after but <laughs> okay, she was uh okay. she was a, hey what can i say she was a twins fan um and okay. uh, she liked kirby I, rem- so. I remember you talking about that now i think okay yes, like i don't yeah. remember i don't remember that you named that that uh, uh your car that but i, I do remember the you know just that, some that of the details instance yeah that situation yes. yes yes yeah for sure yeah we we were friends at that point yeah um jeremy what what was your previous car name though <laughs> the previous car's name was brett murphy jack okay okay why i don't know it sounded like it sounded like a cool name and uh when i got that car uh i felt like it was really cool by the time i met you jack it was um it was, you know, more like Yogi Berra than uh, Brett. <laughs> I was going to say, that car was a disaster by the time <laughs> you met me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, a lot of, I'm glad <laughs> that you remember that, Jack. I do. Yeah. I barely remember that car because you got your new car uh, right. Um, yeah, 2012, you know, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of right after I met you. But uh, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Well, I'm glad I, I'm glad I mentioned Kirby Puckett anyway. Yes. Because we got that story. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's deep in the podcast too, folks. That's another Jeremy like deep cut. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> when you get, yeah, you know, we should start a, a Patreon or whatever, where it's just like, uh, is that how you pronounce it? Patreon. 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 I'll never know how to pronounce it. Yeah, we're just, we're just like Jeremy tells a, a story that I even even I've never heard before. <laughs> Yeah, deep absolutely. in the podcast i think one of them involved hippies one time oh so, yeah yeah that's Jer- right and jeremy's hatred of them so that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely hey. correct good stuff uh who's yeah who's your uh who's who's another guy you got here jeremy we let's can, see we i can... got two guys left Jack. okay um, perfect um so uh to go along with uh wade boggs um my other guy is tony gwynn jack Oh yeah, okay, Tony Gwynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tony Gwynn, like if you like if you thought uh Wade Boggs uh at uh what, what did I say 41 years old at hitting 301? Sure. You get uh Tony Gwynn uh hitting uh 324 at age 41. I mean, yeah, 324. That dude, that dude was ridiculous, man. Um yeah. uh Tony Gwynn, one thing you mentioned when uh um you were talking about Greg Maddox, I don't think that Tony Gwynn uh, ever struck out against Greg Maddox. Yeah, right. I think they maybe mentioned that um on yeah, that show. Yeah. Did they really? I know that like Greg Maddox kind of kind of ruse that. Um so yeah, that's uh that's that's freaking awesome, man. Yeah, he was a he was just a genius as a hitter. Yeah, amazing. I just like, you know, it it's 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 sad that uh, he's no longer with us. Um and uh yeah, coach Steven Strasburg in college. Um that's like the connection still to, to current day baseball. Yeah, which um, is crazy, yeah. Yeah. But uh just I mean the 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 average numbers are insane. He hit three thirty eight for his career. Uh he hit you know, he had two uh forty plus seasons and he hit over three twenty uh in both of those seasons. It's just amazing. And uh yeah, he even he had a homer to boot too in his uh, last year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, what can you say more about that? A 41 year old guy hitting 324. It's like, come on. It's like, there are guys, you know, he would be, he'd be rolling in his grave to see what 
what this year's uh, league-wide average is, like in like the 230s or whatever it is. So Yeah, it, you know, it would be interesting if someone asked them about that because they're, they're talking about getting rid of, of shifts and stuff like that. And uh, which I actually I'm all for because at this point it's it's ruining the game. The guys just can't, um, you know, they, they, they can't, especially left-handed pull hitters just can't. They can't get hits anymore. But um, Tony Gwynn would he would see where he he said that he would see where the defense was and he would wait for the pitch that would allow him to hit the ball where he where the, the fielders weren't. Yeah. Um, you know, so like yeah, obviously these left-handed hitters are just getting pounded inside, but. I don't know, man. I, I would like I would like to see how Tony Gwynn would fare in this age of shifts. I sure. still want I want to believe that he would hit 300 still. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's that's an interesting angle to take on all that. I'm I'm Jack. I'm a little surprised that you you are in favor of outlawing the shift. Um, oh, you do you, do you like the shift? I mean, I just I I don't like I like strategy and like 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 and then adapting like and so mm-hmm. like I just like. I, it happened yesterday. Like Ahmed Rosario, like took a pitch opposite field down the line to beat the Cubs in extra innings. It's like if a doofus like Ahmed Rosario can can directionally <laughs> hit. I know he's a righty, but like it's like I just feel like batters have to adjust. I mean, like I I, I know it's easier. I, I you know I'm the last person to be giving advice to to batters, um, like major league batters on how to be better. Uh, but like, I just, it's like, I don't know. There are guys who can directionally hit like Ichiro could slap the ball, uh, you know, to the opposite field anytime he wanted to. Uh, he, I feel like he could place the ball anywhere he wanted to with his bat. And it's just like, I kind of just, I would like to see players try to adapt before we fucking change the rules, you know? Sure. Um, I, I guess the counter argument to that would be that other sports do sort of, um, you know, make adjustments like that like in the nba yeah you know for a long time you couldn't zone defense was illegal um you know so like yeah there's other other sports will make adjustments for that so i i think that you know maybe not allowing the the shortstop or just saying that all the infielders have to be on the grass or even just saying that like you got to have two infielders on the left side of the uh of the diamond and, and two on the right um you know i wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that but uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, also like there's there is nothing illegal about it. So uh, like yeah, just just wait for your pitch and hit it. I mean, if, if Ahmed Rosario could do it, like there's a guy who's been a complete <laughs> com- a complete failure. Yeah. Uh, as as a prospect. So. Yeah, I mean, I I love to see that when a guy like because I mean again like this is a whole longer conversation, but it's like if the guys weren't trying to hit fucking home runs every time uh, at at the bat, they would they could maybe figure out how to like slap the ball to the opposite field or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Th- these are guys who, um, you know, when, when a pitch is thrown and it's going that fast, 95 miles an hour, they can still tell if something was like a ball or a strike from where it crossed the plate. So these guys are the, these guys are the best in the, you know, in the world at it. So, yeah. Hey, um, well, okay. Well, that, that'll be interesting, Jeremy. Cause I, I, they are seriously considering, you know, getting rid of shifts. Uh, so, or at least I've heard they are. So we'll see what yeah. Theo Epstein decides about that as he right. continu- as he continues to try to make the game more watchable and fun. I don't right. know that he's actually done anything yet. It's just like we all know that Theo Epstein works for baseball, um, and he's doing something. I guess he he is officially in that role, right? I think so. Actually, yeah, I don't even know if anybody's sure about that. For I don't even know if anybody knows if Billy Bean is still the A's GM or not. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Yeah, there was that know? thing where he was like he was going to go into another business, but I think he decided not to. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But we'll uh, we'll see see where it goes. Last guy I have, Jeremy, is uh, Lou Brock. Okay. Um, yeah, Lou Brock's age forty season. He made the All Star team and he deserved it. Uh, he hit three oh four in four hundred and five official at bats. So he was still playing basically every day, uh, maybe two thirds of the time. But he still stole twenty one bases as a forty one year old man. He was 21 for 33 in steals. Pretty good. Pretty good. Not bad at all. Even hit five home runs. So, yeah, Lou Brock. Yeah, that's true. I didn't uh I didn't look I didn't look him up, but uh <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty that's pretty uh impressive for sure. I love that 304 average there. Yeah. Um I just uh got uh an on-card autograph of Lou Brock a couple uh couple wow. months ago and it's like I think it's like one of his last on-card autographs. So, yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, he just just passed away a little uh, less than a year ago. So that's wow, that's a good one to have, Jeremy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, him, him, and Bob Gibson. I got both of them. Uh, just, uh, just uh, to to get to get him in there, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so that's a that's a good one. Um, yeah, a guy. I don't know. Like you know, I don't know. I man, if I get you know like apoplectic about like you know the Cubs like giving up. Um, uh, I'm trying to think like just bum players and then to see them do like kind of okay with like a Dan Vogelbach or something. Not, not that I'm necessarily really pining over Dan Vogelbach, but you know, <laughs> it's like, what would I have done if I lived through the, the Brock for Brolio trade? Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I would have made it, you know? Yeah. You can, you can have Dan Vogelbach back Jeremy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Or some, you know, if they do the universal DH, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's gotta be one of the craziest trades in, uh, in history. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Lou Brock in 1974 as a 35 year old man, he had 118 steals. So that's, you know, pretty darn good. Pretty amazing. Um, so Jack, my last guy, um, I got is. One Sanford Koufax, Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Okay. So I was gonna say I was gonna use, okay. uh, use that one as well. So Jeremy, I'm glad you pointed it out. Okay. That was another one. I wasn't sure did that end under strange circumstances. Like I think he was hurt. Did he just like get hurt and couldn't pitch anymore um, in the off season, or why did he retire so abruptly? Uh, that's a good question. I know that um, you know I I I was always under the impression that he kind of just. I don't yeah, was it a career like was it um was it injury related? I don't I don't I don't know. I mean like I know like obviously he had a short career and a mm-hmm. short like peak. Um but yeah, I don't know cuz like I I I was never under the impression like that it was like one single injury that ended his career. I don't know. Um Sure. Maybe I don't know. I could look through at the numbers here if you want to if you want to yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna digging. look this up, Jeremy. But yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, say what his numbers are because they're freaking fantastic. I mean, it's insane. So like uh, his final year uh, in 1966, he hit he um he went 27 and nine with a 173 ERA, um, 27 complete games, five shutouts, hit pitched 323 innings, uh, struck out 317 while doing that. I mean, it's just it's crazy. So um yeah, I you know and then just his the way he ended his career just like he ended his career with like five seasons of pretty much similar uh numbers so it's just kind of crazy to think about um you know one of those guys who like is in the hall of fame for maybe one of the shortest like spans of dominance but it was it's unquestionable like how dominant he was 
Oh yeah, um, uh, probably the be- the best stretch of pitchers uh, ever had. And um, you know, maybe arguably Pedro Martinez was was uh, you know as good. But uh, yeah, it was it really was something. Um, uh, yeah, Jeremy, it just it said he retired because uh, uh, of an arthritic condition. Um, okay. So yeah, he just it looks like it was just injury related. He couldn't um, you know he couldn't he couldn't go anymore. But yeah, uh, it's it's one of those weird ones, Jack, because like I mean like it's not like he deteriorated over time, you know. It's no. like, so I don't know. I, you know, I, yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm thinking like back at like some stories that I've heard about it and stuff. And so the, 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 like, yeah, we have to dig a little deeper into like that whole story because like, did he just get some sort of diagnosis in the off season and then like just decide to hang it up? Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, it, but, it said that in, on March 31st of the, uh, the, the spring, spring training in 1965, uh, he pitched a complete spring training game and then he he woke up the next day to find that his entire left arm was black and blue from hemorrhaging. Okay. Um, so I, maybe it was possibly just a result of how much he pitched. Um, it, like that that inning, despite like constant pain in his elbow, or that season in 1965, he still pitched 335 and two thirds innings. Right. So you think about that and like what these guys do today, where you know they don't they don't even let relief pitchers throw an inning and a third; they have to take them out after an inning. Um, you know, to to preserve their arms. Like th- these guys just didn't give a shit. Right. And if that happened in '65, he still came back and had the '66 season. So he did. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, like, I think in a way he kind of walked out on top um you know if if he knew that this thing was facing him down the road or whatever um kind of like i kind of feel like that's kind of what happened with curry puckett too to an extent so mm-hmm. i don't know we each got one there but uh, but yeah i mean the, the numbers are crazy and uh yeah it's he didn't have a decline or anything so i i, I threw him on there nice i like it um yeah this was a this was a good one jeremy i was glad we were able to kind of dig little deeper into these guys careers yeah you um, talk about good players for once <laughs> yeah no i was yeah i was gonna say um uh yeah and it will be uh, uh interesting to see if anyone picks up albert pujols um i guess stay tuned for the, stay tuned for that baseball fans yeah. um but yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna uh sign off here jeremy but uh we'll be back again next week with another non-game episode we do we are going to the cubs versus padres game on june 1st but uh who knows maybe we'll get to another game in the interim We'll, we'll see what the future holds. <laughs> All right, sounds good. So for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Benicio. We'll see you next week. Bye.